For garden color from the ground up, start with the ground. Vigoro Colored Bark Mulch from the Home Depot. Now, three bags for just nine bucks. It protects your plants beautifully and maintains its color for up to 12 months in shades of red, brown, or black that really set off your garden, not to mention your spring. Bring on spring color with Vigoro Colored Bark Mulch. Three bags, nine bucks. Now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 60 per customer. Color selection varies by store. Well, I'm late. I'm sorry, guys. Good morning and happy freaking Thursday. And if no one's told you yet, you rock. I uh, I apologize about being late. We had some technical difficulties, but they are all smoothed out now. So I am super excited to have my friend, um, golly, this is going to be exciting for me. I am so stoked. Good morning, Juliana. How are you? Guys, I, I want to tell you seriously, um, I'm giddy about this interview because I, one of my original and first LA friends was our, our upcoming guest, and she's one of the most talented, gifted people I know. One of the most beautiful poets, one of the most beautiful writers, um, I actually learned something about her I didn't know. She was actually, she's in the music industry as well, um, but she's a director, an actress. Like, she's just this overall joy and gift of excellence and creativity and just beautiful. It's just, it's just I'm excited. Like, I'm at a loss for words because I can just go on and on about her. But I am so stoked for you guys um, to meet my friend, Smoy. Or Amanda is what she's called, but her friends call her Smoy. Um, and I'm going to have her say her last name because I'm going to butcher it like I do everybody else's. Um, good morning, Tia. Good to see you. Juliana, good to see you. Mary, you guys are going to want to share this video, I assure you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, with with all that said and all that rambling, I would love to introduce you to my friend, Amanda Smoyloff. And here she is. <laughs> oh my gosh, I am so sorry for the technical difficulties. How are you? I'm good. How are you? That was such a great introduction. <laughs> I was rambling because in the middle of like talking about you, I'm blushing too. So <laughs> I it's good morning everybody. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Tia. Good morning, Toby. Um yeah, I'm, I'm blushing in the middle of talking to you, so you know. But my cheeks are already red. You're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> How are you today? I'm good. I mean, I'm fantastic, really. How are you? Good. You've been up early, I've noticed, a lot lately. Yeah, right? Like, what? <laughs> so are you up every morning that early doing your gratitude, or what are you doing? Are you working? Um, I think a little bit of both. I think right now I'm just trying to... I don't know, just get my life in order, uh, you know, spiritually and physically and all those things, because I feel like it's going to be a really great 2018 and I just want to be super prepared. So waking up early is always a good start of a day. I love it. Um, so the first thing that we do on the show is you tell the audience what you're grateful for today. Hmm. Grateful for Ooh, we're starting, <laughs> we're starting early. Okay. 
Um, it's the first thing we do every time. That's perfect. Um, you know, I think, honestly, I think I'm grateful mostly for my family and my friends and my colleagues, especially, um, that have supported me throughout all this <laughs> up and downs and crazy roller coaster ride of a life. Even though I don't like chalk my life up to being a roller coaster, I chalk it up more to be like um, an etch a sketch because I'm like, oh, I'm going to go this way or I'm going to go that way. And then I keep hitting walls. And, you know, at the end, you're just hoping that you see a big, beautiful picture, but who knows? It could be scribbles. <laughs> but along the way, um, it's just those, those, that family unit and the friend unit and just people that, support you when you're down and when you're up and I think in life um I don't say it enough because you think that people know but um I'm definitely grateful for every day for the people that are in my life and the people that are surrounding me with support and love and well unconditional love really and um I guess that's nice to be able to say out loud because I'm sure some of them are watching right now. So hi, and I love you so much. And you too, Josh, always a support and love in my life. So thank you. I, I just have a, a true genuine respect for you and what you do and what you've taken on and what you've strived to do. I mean, you have, you're one of the most ambitious people I've met. I've seen you create magic with virtually nothing, um, <laughs> no support. And I've always admired you for that. I've always admired, and I, I don't. We don't have to go into certain details, but like I, I just love the way that you withstood complete and utter heartbreak and disappointment and being let down. Um, and you live in a world. I mean, you live in Hollywood. You are submersed in the scene, and so you know what it's like—the ups and downs, and watching the heartbreak of others, and watching their dreams broken. Oh yeah, and I know you've had that happen to you. So, when that happens, what 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 do you go to to get you through? Um, well, I usually take about a week or two to decompress and be sad for a second because you know right. feel those emotions and go through that. Um, and then I, I don't know. There's something inside of me that just doesn't allow myself to fail and. Um, a lot of times it wasn't necessarily my doing, it's other people. And I think forgiveness and going forward and not letting that be um, a hindrance in your life. Because, you know, people do things not towards you, but it's a reflection of themselves. So you just have to forgive them and move on. Right. So for me, I just, I sit down and I think and I, I try to figure out the next step and I just keep going. I just don't stop. I say, you know what? Let's go to the next thing because every time something heartbreaking has happened, it's led me to such a better path. So in in essence, it's really not that you know it in the moment, but it's a gift. So it's definitely leading you into the directions you're supposed to be led in. And um, I just have to keep that in my head all the time. I have to keep that because that keeps me going that, you know, there's a universal plan. And the reason why this didn't work out is because there's something better over here and you just keep going and things will fall in place. So uh, that's, that's kind of what I do. <laughs> I, I love it. And I, a theme on the show is, and I say it all the time and I stole it from TD Jakes, but the blessing is in the breaking and 
you know, I, I think that where you're at today, I mean, and I don't know, the, the, the time that I know that you, you the, the devastation and heartbreak that you dealt with, I would say that you came out on the other side beautifully and it, and it kind of launched you where you're going. But instead of talking about focusing on that, what um, can you describe a time when you first realized that creating something was what you absolutely had to do? Like when you just knew that you had to be someone that created. Um, I would say that when I was in college, um, I went to Cal State Long Beach and my sophomore year, I was in a communication speech class, right? And right. the director of forensics is what they call it, uh, Ryan Smith. He uh, saw me do a speech, you know, just for class, just as an assignment. And he asked me to be part of the speech team. And um, the speech team is, it's, I don't know if many people know about it, but it's, there's a part of it that's competitive acting, but it has an argument to it. So whatever you're performing, there's a message and you, you um, open up with an inf, uh, intro that uh, describes what you're about to perform and why it's necessary, you know, what are the, uh, the life lessons, whatever. And I remember doing this poetry. It was my junior year and it was about, are we asking for it? And it was a poetry program, which with like six different poems from different authors. And I created this back and forth where you, you did all the poems, like, you know, and it was more or less a um, intellectual kind of conversation. And it asked people like, are women asking for this attention that's coming off of them? Is it because they wear these these outfits? Is it because they got really drunk at a party? Obviously, my opinion is no, we're not asking for it. Absolutely not. Um, but I wanted to pose that question within that performance. And I think it just took some part of me um, out. And it just showed me that it's not just about acting and it's not just about performance, but it's about uh, developing a message or putting a message out there. Right. Um, people think it makes people wonder. It's it's so much more than just, I want to be a star. I want to be on television. No, it's, it's about making people think again, think twice about their actions. And I just think that that's just where it really started to burn a fire in my soul. And um, I really just thank Speech and Debate 100% for that. And um, also just Ryan Smith for bringing me part of that crew. So... So, but okay, so that you're saying that moment at a junior in college sparked you getting into the music industry, into film, all of that? No, well, that got me into I wanted to perform. So, okay. that led me into Hollywood naturally after graduation because that's where you go. Um, and I, I got into the music scene. I actually was dating a few musicians. <laughs> <laughs> Lessons learned is what we're talking about. Um, but through that, through those um, individuals, I was um, brought into the music industry. And I just have a knack for words and, and, and a good ear. And, and I think that um, I just... I just liked to hear people telling a story, even through music, um, as well as I'm a poet. So I feel like music in its sense is also, you know, poetry. 
So I just, I really got involved in that. And then I started just moving up, working for different people, executive assistants to people in the music industry. And, um, and then I just, I don't know, it just kept, <laughs> kept going, you know, you're just walking this path, you meet this person and they op- offer an opportunity for you and you take it. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't, as we know, <laughs> but um, yeah. So then, you know, I do think though, that the original spark came from performance and um, all that. So what's the, what's your favorite thing that you've created? Because I mean, again, like I've read your poetry. I've, I mean, for the, I've known you now. Oh my God. I've known you for over two years now. Yeah. Watch your, yeah, I can't believe it's been that long. But I, I've seen your poetry. I've seen a lot of the things that you've created. And I look at them as, I mean, they're beautiful. I mean, I'm one of, I mean, I honestly, genuinely am a huge fan of yours and I love you to death. But what is it, what is your favorite thing that you've created? Um, right now, um, <laughs> I think creatively, my favorite thing is probably um, the poem that's going into my film that I just um, completed that was sent out to festivals. It's called Three Rivers. So it's narrated mostly by my my poetry based on um, a pretty heartbreaking uh, relationship. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> um, but it was so therapeutic in so many ways because there's so many words that I can't say without putting them in and poetry for some reason it just is it's an outlet for me and I think that that's definitely my favorite I think it's my baby I think it's the closest to my heart I think it really shows an aspect of me that most people don't necessarily see usually see it like a bright shiny face and hey but um I think it goes into a deeper darker element of me and um it's pretty exposing uh but it was a leap to do it. And um, here we are, you know, so I think that's my favorite so far, but there's things coming up right now that I'm even more excited about, but that's in talk, well, then talk. I do want to talk about three rivers because I want to know why you call it three rivers. I want to get into that, but what's coming up for you right now? Um, right now. Well, I just signed with Avenue actors agency. Props to them. I'm super excited across the board. Um, I'm happy to have a new talent rep. Um, they're amazing. So that's good. So that's a good, that's a good win to celebrate. Um, and then also I've written a new script that's more character based. Um, and it's called a little bit above paradise, which we're doing second callbacks, um, on, uh, Saturday morning. Um, that's a really, that's one that's going to be really close to my heart because it's actually, um, about my deceased father. So it's a father daughter piece, but it's in real time. So he's still here. And so it's definitely one of those things that it's, it's definitely developing coming together. It's definitely hard to try to cast a father figure that's passed away. I'll tell you, <laughs> especially one like my father. <laughs> he was oh my crazy. So I love him so much, but yeah. Um, but that's definitely coming up. Um, and, uh, so, so that we're going to be filming in January, which is exciting. Oh my gosh. I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I, that, is, that is so amazing. I'm so happy for you. Uh, really quick. I want to give a shout out Bruce. Bruce is saying that you're so electric. Uh, 
Rosie is from Ireland. Wow. Uh, good to see you, Rosie. Juliana, great to see you. Regan, my man, great to see you. Toby, great to see you guys. Tina, Mary, Juliana, everybody, thank you so much for joining. Um, we are talking to the amazing what do you I know it says Smoy, but you you Amanda's your professional name. Yeah, Amanda's my well, my birth name's Amanda. Um, but I do tenderly go by Smoy to my friends and stuff. It's a nickname that I got in high school and it just stuck. But um professionally go by Amanda and my last name is Samoyloff, just to help Samoyloff. <laughs> I, I have a reading problem, I'm sorry. <laughs> I I have some at least you have a cool nickname. Mine was Goose, and I don't even want to tell you why I'm Goose. Were you like Maverick? Are you a your top? That player? that's why. But I actually thought it was for some other reason. Um, I have a few nicknames. Anyway, um, so I want to go back. I want to go back to Three Rivers. Yeah. So first of all, I want to know why did you name it your your movie Three Rivers? Well, okay. It's um, originally was going to be called Caged, um, and then it started off. Uh, wow, it started off as such a small project. It was um, this poetry I wrote, Caged. You've heard it. I sent it to you the other day. Yes, it's amazing. Thank you. And um, I sent it to this director, JJ Terry, and I've worked on many projects with him. God bless him. He's my ballet companion in these films, and he's wonderful. So talented. And we just started brainstorming and it became something so small. Like we were just going to do it in a room in Hollywood and that was it. You know, it was going to be like a three film, boom, one day shoot, that's it. Then, you know, we had a couple glasses of wine and um, all of a sudden we have a grand production. And it was, um, it started off by location scouting and we ended up location scouting in Three Rivers, California. And um, that's the basis of, of the film. It's where the relationship takes place. This like burning hot relationship that ends up fizzling out, unfortunately. But we decided collectively between myself, uh, my co-star, Michael Wagner, and uh, JJ Terry, director, that it should be called Three Rivers just because there it was, you know, that, that just seemed a little bit more, uh, more conducive to than Caged because... Cage was, we were just going to be caged in a room, you know, so right. like, all outside, you know, so it just came through the location setting. So that's where it went. So what, in, what inspired you? Where did the inspiration come to make such a personal film? Because I heard, the, I heard the poetry and uh, wow. I mean, it, 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 it moved me. It's like, what, where, what, what inspired you to do? Where, where did this come from? Um, <clears throat> To not go into too much of my personal life, but a little bit, um, it came from a relationship that I had with um, a boy um, in the UK. And, um, you know, it, it just, it stemmed from this feeling of, you know, falling fast and hard in love and, and it's so fiery and exciting. And it was a very vacation relationship and it was, so powerful and it, it, it was it was a lot and i'm st continuously still his friend like we're still friends to this day so it's that's lovely but um it's just one of those things that you know it just it, it couldn't work out and um you know sometimes relationships you have to go your separate ways it's just life it's your path you, you can't 
you can't go their path and they can't go yours. And even though you love people to death, sometimes you just have to, you have to move on and you have to continue on. And um, I think I was having a hard time um, letting it go for a bit. Um, Not necessarily that I was being crazy about it, but I think it was just that like, did I make the right choice? Did I, should I have moved to England or whatever it was? But I um, decided in January just to write it down, to, to write a poem down and put it to words, put, put, put all of that pain, put everything it is, write what you know. And even though it was very exposing, it became such a therapeutic um, thing for me. And it helped me let go of it all. Uh, you know, it, it let go of all the anger and the, the hurt. And it became um, something that was really ugly at the end to something that became beautiful and we turned it into art and it became something that I get to keep forever. And um, that's kind of where the inspiration came from. It just, it, it came from pain and um, um, I utilized my pain for the first time really, because a lot of times I'd like to not talk about it, Um, but it was a a self-expression and it was a way for me to move on with, um, a chapter in my life that needed to be closed. So I wrote a poem and made a movie. <laughs> Maybe I should do that for my next relationship. I, I'm one of those people that I notoriously fall fast. And, and typically the people I date fall for me really fast too. And then it's like, we're on this thrill ride and then after a while, it's like, oh, crap. And then it crashes. Yeah. Well, it's like reality. It's like you're like on this high. You're like, whoa, this is everything. I love you. You're awesome. Life is fantastic. And then all of a sudden, like, you hit a wall and you're like, whoa, who are you? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know you very well. And I don't know it, if I like you so much. <laughs> I know. It, I, I, I really, I, I would love to be able to figure this out because it is, I think it's my personality type. Because I'm a high energy guy, and so when you you put off that energy, like you, you're a high energy woman, so you're going to draw people to you naturally. But that's just such a small thing. But when you're seeing the highlight, and you're seeing the woo, like everybody's drawn to that. But there's another side to the enthusiasm. Oh yeah. There's like an isolated like darkness, and not always darkness, but. Sometimes I'm reserved. Like, I'm the most extroverted introvert of all time. I swear Same. to you. Same. Same. So. And that, well, I mean, it's like, you know, you're like, I'm so in front of everything so so much. I'm just like, hey, how's it going? I love you. Woo! Hi, yes. I love you. And then it's like there's other parts of me that, like, people won't see me for, like, a week or something. I don't only talk to people. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just, you know, at home writing poetry. They're like, <laughs> What? <laughs> Are you going to I'm like, no, you have to realize there's a duality to my life and my and who I am as a human being, and I need both sides. But um, you know, I a lot of people don't see that other side. But yeah, of course. <laughs> wow, we have good morning from the frozen north of Canada. Holy shit, oh, that sounds cold. That's so north cool. of the fifty seventh parallel. Man, you've got fans all over the world, Smoy. What the heck? This is amazing. Um, so, okay, hold on. I wasn't planning to go down this road, but how do you deal with, like, are, are you, have you gotten to a place of acceptance that you're going to be here or something? 
And then other times you're just going to be here. Yeah. Have you I, learned to embrace that? Or do you struggle with it? Do I struggle with being? Because well, it is a dramatic shift from oh, being elevated to being more closed off and secluded. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, yes, I do struggle with it. Um, well, because people have a tendency, like when, I, when I'm around people, people expect that of me. They expect the high energy, the charismatic smoy to come out and be the life of the party. <laughs> I, I, and I welcome that. I love that. I love making people laugh. I love being... Um, a center of light and and be around people of light you know I love that but it's draining because a lot of times you also attract people that are drains that are because you're a source of light and you're a faucet a lot of times you're going to attract people that are drains and need that light so then you start just draining draining yourself and draining yourself until you have nothing left and and I have to go back into myself and re repower, recharge. And, and, and it's hard because, you know, people don't know that side of me. They don't, they don't get it. So it's, it's, um, my therapy is writing it down and putting into poetry or making creative, whatever (laughs) movies, (laughs) writing it down, you know, making little stupid films on my iMovie. knows but being alone fully alone and it's such a weird it's such a weird um for people they just don't understand it so I just uh, I just do and so I've had to do more recently I kind of um took a step back away from people and it was really difficult people didn't understand they thought it would they were very offended they thought it was because of them and I was like this is not with you I need to get my shit together I need to get my life in order I need to repower myself recharge myself and figure out what I want because right now I'm feeling very scattered right for the people I said that to it was a challenge text messaging the phone calls you're like this has nothing I'm not mad at you no no I'm not mad at you I'm not mad at you at all. If anything, I love you. And this is why I'm trying to take care of myself so I can love you even better. But, yes. uh, you know, oh. yeah. So that's, it's a challenge. That is, you, you've just explained my life in a nutshell. I mean, that is, that's, that's so me. I completely relate to what you're saying. Um, yeah. What's the best advice you've ever had uh, on how to be more creative? Um. <sighs> I think it was just to be authentically truthful, even though like, cause I've written stuff down that doesn't put me in a great light sometimes. And <laughs> it literally, and, and that was hard for me, but someone was saying, you know, you can't paint yourself to be perfect cause you're not, you know? And, um, I needed to be true to the characters that I was writing, like the people, but also true to myself, like who I am. And I'm, um, you know, a flawed human being. And I think by doing that and being that flawed human being, even within my writing and um, showcasing that, um, it's powerful. It's truthful. And people connect to it because they feel like you're actually being honest with them. Um, And that's, I think, the the absolute best um, advice I've ever been given is to just 
be honest, be honest and be creative, but be honest. And yeah, I think, I think you could look at anyone's life. If you're just being authentic with who you are, there's a lot of creativity in there because of all the experiences that you've had and sharing. I mean, it could be sharing your pain. It could be sharing your joy. I mean, that in itself can be just creative. It can, it can stimulate creative thought because there's multiple emotions. Um, okay. This is I'm curious because everyone, like I have, I have my thing. And so I was thinking about this today for you. If you could steal credit for any great piece of art, song, film, or book, which would you claim? I would claim Meryl Streep and Sophie's Choice. Why is that? Her performance was incredible. I mean, I think the when she has to choose between her son and her daughter, that reaction, literally, that was like the moment I knew I wanted to really be an actress. Just because of that, you can see it in her acting. I would steal that in a minute. That's me. I did that, you know? So I would absolutely steal that as a performance piece. Like, that's me. I took your Oscar. Sorry. <laughs> That's that's amazing. I love that. Um, so, what is um, like with being a creative person with writing? I, I know from my own writing, and I'm not the world's greatest writer, but I really enjoy writing. I find not only is it a great outlet, but it stimulates more creativity. I know in my own writing and just visualization, I, I've started to notice like even bigger goals that I thought were already ambitious. I mean, there's just new things coming up for me. You are way more creative person than I am. So I'm assuming that you have some pretty bold ambitions or thoughts or visions for where you can go with your career and your life. Yeah. Do, you, do you care to give any insight on maybe something that you have brewing inside that you want to go after? Um, <clears throat> well... I I don't really know. I think um, I think really going after this this new film, um, the a little bit above paradise, um, is the thing that I am going after right now. I think that's a huge uh, hurdle. Um, but aside from from that, I I don't know what's next. It's crazy because this film came out of the the last one. You know, I was by a river. And, you know, that's something that my dad and I shared together. We always used to go fishing when we were young. And all of a sudden, within a creative space, around all this create, like creative people, came right. another sense of creation. So I think it really is. It's about just go after it. Just do it. Just do it. Even if it's not the best thing you've ever done in your life, just do it. Because it goes to the next thing and then the next thing and then the next thing. And they get better and everything continues to get better. And you start to get even more creative because you're around creatives. And they spark more, um, I don't know, they spark uh, more, what is the word I'm trying to say? I spark more creativity, I guess, I suppose. Like that didn't really work out so well, but, um, yeah, <laughs> um, no, they just, they spark something more inside of you. So, um, I just think it's, it's about going forward, creating, writing everything down. If you're a writer, write it down, write it down. Um, I, the, 
the artist's way, I don't know if anybody's read it, but the artist's way, they have this thing in, in the beginning and it says to write three pages in the morning of anything. Just scribble down like a letter, right? Just write at the morning, three pages. And it doesn't have to be about anything. You don't have to think, just fluid thought. And I've been doing that recently, probably within the last uh, month. And it's insane. All of a sudden, all of these ideas are coming to me. And it's because you get unstuck because you know that there's nothing, there's no pressure to it. It's just, I'm going to be free flowing. I'm going to write what I'm going to write. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's in there. Oh, I can create from there. I can make something out of that. I can make a poem. I can make a film, Um, whatever, you know? So I think it's just about, I think it's really just about just creating, just do it. Don't stop yourself. It's, you know, analysis paralysis is the worst thing that you can do. Overanalyzing is paralysis because people stop themselves constantly. I've worked with so many people because I also have my own little boutique PR firm. And I work with a lot of artists that honestly stop themselves from success constantly because all they're thinking about is what other people are going to think. And it's like, no, who cares? Just go, go on to the next thing, send that out, put it onto the ether, put it into the world. And now go to the next thing. Who cares? Don't look back, just keep going. And that's the best, that's the best advice I can give to anybody really. Um, great. Wow. I'm actually going to steal the three pay. I write, but I love that idea because it's been interesting. Like when I go back to my notepads, but I have laying all around me, like they're <laughs> got, and they're just. I, I write. I've got, them, I've got them by my bed. I've, I mean, and I write, but I'm actually going to start sitting down to try that for three pages because I have all these broken ideas and things that I am piecing together. So I really love that advice a lot. Um, to give you advice, like I would definitely pick up the artist's way. It's a really good thing. Okay. I'm writing it down. The artist's way. It's great. Perfect. Okay, so besides being amazingly creative and and just a gifted artist is what you are. You're a gifted artist. You also have a huge freaking heart. I've seen you become – I've seen through Facebook and, and, and just in talking with you you, there are a, certain issues that you are very, very passionate about, like, and it makes you fighting mad. Yes. What? What? What are? Name one of those things. Like, name one of those those issues in the world that you feel most compelled to change. I mean, um, obviously, it's women's, um, you know respect i think especially after the harvey weinstein and everything which i'm so grateful for in a sense which is like kind of a hard word to say grateful in a sense of that but i'm happy that we are putting it out there because this isn't an issue that has not been happening forever and has been thrown under the rug and there's so many people in the industry so many women myself included that have been hired on to uh, companies where the men just thought that they could take from you or, or, or say inappropriate things to you um, because you were underneath them in a sense, or you were hired by them, they were paying you. And, um, and it's hard because we're taught de-escalation, 
you know, as, as little girls, you know, you assess the situation. Is this guy just, uh, just making a joke, you know, maybe a little bit clueless, but, you know, just being corny. Okay. So you laugh it off and you kind of go, okay, that was inappropriate, but I'm not going to say anything. Or if, if I say this, am I going to get fired or, or whatever? And, you know, it's become something that was very numb to a lot of people. And I think we just accepted it a bit. And now that this is all coming to fruition and people are starting to talk about it and it's becoming a real issue and it's out there, honestly, it's such a great thing because now people are getting, Matt Lauer was just fired for it. You know, it's like, you would never know in a hundred years that, that he was like that at all in any capacity. But now guess what? He was, he did something inappropriate and he needs to be punished for it. And it's just about basic human decency and respect. And I think what I love the most is that we have the opportunity, you, myself, everybody on this Facebook world, we have a soapbox, you know, we get to say our opinions. We have a community of people listening to us and listening to what's going on. And so, and so does these huge actors, they have TV, they have the news channels, they get to say what they need to say. And what this does is give those people in maybe the Midwest or in smaller towns, in smaller jobs that don't have a soapbox, they get a voice. Now, we're giving them the encouragement or at least giving them maybe even laws in in effect, I'm sure, that are coming about to be able to be protected when which they weren't going to be or didn't have a community of people to support them. And now they're not going to feel as alone. And so... That is a very, very big concern for me and a very big issue that I constantly um, push forward. It's, it's respect. And I don't, I don't think that anybody should be treated differently, no matter what race, sexuality, you know, you know, I don't know if you're gay, who cares at this point, we're all people and everybody should be respected. And, um, at this point, women's issues are definitely a huge topic for me. And I could go on four days. <laughs> but, yes. That, you know, and, I, and I'm and i looking back at, like, I'm watching what's happened. And I go, and looking back at my life, I'm like, you know, I know I've been a pig before, you know? And, and I think being a pig can be a learned behavior. But also, I look at it like I didn't have self-respect for myself, and I sure as heck didn't respect anybody else before I had my life changed. But looking back at that, I'm going, would I want my mother treated that way? Like, would I want my daughter treated that way? Right. And, and so and you, I, looking back at it from that lens, it's like, God, this is, this is wrong. And I remember, and I've talked about this yesterday, I've interviewed, I had the privilege of interviewing two women yesterday, and I remember when my father told my mom, you'll never be anything without me. Ugh. That is a really messed up way of thinking about another human because all the women I know are way stronger than any man I know, my, my mother included. Yeah. Uh, so all things should be equal. Yes, there are things that a woman can't do. I mean, or they're naturally not going to be as physically strong as a man. Right. But no, women are way tougher than men. You know, and and but the 
it's about time to see things become equal in all aspects. That is, what no matter what gender you are, no matter what religion you are, it, it doesn't matter what who you are interested in sexually. The fact is, we are all God's children, and we deserve to be treated equally and and be respectful towards another. Because there's no reason a woman should have to be scared to have a voice ever. Absolutely, and you know what? Uh, piggybacking off of what you said. I think when you said, you, you know, after all this has happened, you've reflected back on your life. I, sure. I think it's doing that for a lot of men, if not everyone. I think a lot of men are sitting there going, wait, have I done this before? Have I, you know, have I treated a, a female poorly? Have I, have I said something inappropriate? And it's great because it's created conversation and it's, right. it's, it's made people second guess it and maybe it'll just make men just treat women differently. And I really hope for that, you know, and it's not to say all of them are that way. And I'm not going to say that. I'm not yeah. this other like, crazy feminist. It's like, fuck all men. Sorry. I don't mean to cuss. But, uh, <laughs> word, really is. Um, yeah. I, so, and, and here's the, here's the question that needs to be addressed because right now there's, there's going to be a, a panic button on, oh, you're, you, you've harassed me, or you, you, you're a pervert, or, like, there's got to be some kind of, like, we got to figure out what's allowed and what's not, because before, like, if I tell you, like, you look beautiful today, and by the way, you look absolutely stunning, like, that shouldn't be sexual harassment. That should just be, you know, no shit, she's a beautiful woman, duh. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that should be, that, that's a, that, that should be allowed, what are, what are some things that are probably too far for a man to say to a woman that maybe they don't know? Because men are dumb. I mean, really, when it comes to certain issues, the way we've been raised, we've been raised like cavemen, half of us, you know? And, and the fathers act like cavemen. What is acceptable where you just find somebody attractive or they look beautiful or they have a nice outfit on? Like, what, what's too far? I think, you know, I think it's too far. It's like, your ass looks great in that. I don't know. I mean, because some girls would like that. It's just, it's so, it's such a slippery slope because I know some of my friends would be like, great, yeah, my butt looks great. But I think, (laughs) (laughs) like some girls love their their butts. They're like, heck yeah, compliments. I love that. I'm like, I mean, it's just what it is. I, I don't know. I think it's more about, I think it comes from a place of the sexual, you know, when they're saying it in a way, I think it's how it's delivered. Even, I mean, I think if someone's like, you look really beautiful, you know, you're gorgeous, you know, I don't know. I I mean, for me, I, I, you know, it makes me feel uncomfortable when someone is like, oh yeah, you know, you, you look, your, your butt looks great in those uh, yoga pants. I'm like, thanks. You know, but like part of me is (laughs) objectified here. Okay. Um, But I mean, but that's not, that's not really like sexual harassment. I think that's just men just saying what they think uh, on top of their head. Now, I think anytime they're sending dick pics or sending... That would be wrong. <laughs> dick pics. Oh, the worst. Oh, the worst of them. Um, <laughs> I swear to God, it's so bad. You're like, why did you send me that? I did not ask for that. <laughs> Have I ever asked? 
So, no, okay, all of you guys on Snapchat and Instagram hanging out in the DM, they don't want to see it. She just said it. Quit sending those pictures and don't send them to me. moments you like open up your penis oh my god this is so rude (laughs) oh my god my face hurts now um okay i think think it's i think it's more or less but also it's um it's about like saying oh if you do this for me i'll do this for you so if it's sexual if it's something sexual if you're feeling that you have to perform something or, um, you know, be arm candy for somebody in order to get a job, then that's that's too far, you know? <laughs> too far is having a guy buy you a picture of beer, then asking who is going home with me. <laughs> I just threw the picture of beer on him. <laughs> yes, girl. Throw that picture, except for you wasted the picture of beer. But you hey. wasted the beer, Mary. You wasted the beer. <laughs> Okay, last question, and this is the most serious question of all. Okay. Do you consider Monopoly a game to be played with friends or enemies? Monopoly? (laughs) Yeah. With enemies. I agree. A (laughs) hundred percent. Because it's ruthless, you know. If anything, people are on my little piece on the board, my friends. Yeah. They're everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Savoy, I love you. Thank you so much. I this was this was the uh this 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 makes my heart happy. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. It was such a nice time. You're amazing. I, I can't wait to see you again. I know. Same. All right. Bye. 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 I that was amazing. That was fun. Oh my god! Um, if you guys enjoyed the show, please uh, please share. Please tag a friend. That was awesome. That was uh, that made me happy. So anyway, you guys are amazing. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Please share the video. Uh, I thought that was fun. I actually I enjoyed that a lot. I've been blessed to have amazing guests and um, just such a joy, man. I love doing this. Love you guys, and uh, I appreciate you so much. Please share, um, and uh, yeah, share, like, all that stuff. Um, yeah, so tomorrow we have a cool show, too, and I uh, can't wait to see you guys. Thank you so much. Again, God bless. Please tell someone you love them today. Tell someone you're grateful for them, and if you have the opportunity to help somebody, dad, it, do it. God bless. Bye-bye. For garden color from the ground up, start with the ground. Vigoro Colored Bark Mulch from the Home Depot. Now, three bags for just nine bucks. It protects your plants beautifully and maintains its color for up to 12 months in shades of red, brown, or black that really set off your garden, not to mention your spring. Bring on spring color with Vigoro Colored Bark Mulch. Three bags, nine bucks. Now at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 60 per customer. Color selection varies by store.